Ink and Quill illuminates on literature, culture and beyond. That's cool, isn't it? Listen to the sound of some incredible readings. The Great Wall story is the story of the relationship. The imagery in China is so strong. It's a book about the human story. Ink and Quill. Something provoking. We have to think like a queen. Something thoughtful. History is fantasy, really. Something fun. See some naughty people trying to steal panda cubs. All here on Ink and Quill. Discovering literature and following the stories behind your favorite authors. This is Ink and Quill. I'm your host Yang Yong, right here in Beijing. The late British singer Amy Winehouse once said, "Life is short, so there is no point in sitting around thinking about all the ifs, ands, and buts. Real life does not allow us to dwell too much on the impossible, so we follow what's fixed and already decided by society. But in the world of literature, there are no rules or chains to constrain ideas." In today's Ink and Quill, we introduce you to writers who let their imagination run wild and take the writing off the beaten track. What's the first thing that comes to your mind at the mention of the Underground Railroad? A more menacing name for a subway? Some mythical tracks that could traverse space and time, like what you might find in science fiction. In reality, the so-called underground railroad was neither underground nor a natural rail. It was a network of people, black and white, who helped slaves escape from the southern slave states to the free states of the north, hiding them in wagons, giving them shelter for a time, giving material aid until they got to freedom. This is Coulson Whitehead, a New York-based novelist. Coulson Whitehead, like many other Americans, has been taught that in the early 19th century, as the cry to abolish slavery grew louder in the northern states of America, a vast network of individuals were involved in helping fugitive slaves escape through secret routes. Passageways and safe houses, the aided escapees flee the slaveholding South to the Northern States and the Promised Land of Canada. Since all the activities had to be carried out in secret, a code name for the system, the Underground Railroad, was coined, and it has gradually gained currency since 1830s. For years, in the eyes of Whitehead, the Underground Railroad has been associated with those brave men and women who risked their own lives in lending a helping hand. He's never thought of it as a literal railroad, until one day in 2000, a random idea suddenly occurred to him: Why not get real trains involved? I was sitting on my couch and came across a reference to the Underground Railroad. I remembered how, when I was a A little kid in fourth grade, I envisioned it to be an actual, literal railroad beneath the earth. Then my teacher explained how it actually worked, and I was very disappointed. So that afternoon, that afternoon on my couch, it seemed like making it into a literal railroad、uh, would be a quirky idea for a book, and that much, that's not much of a premise. So I quickly added the additional element that each state our protagonist goes through is a different alternative state of America. 
sort of like Gulliver's Travels. Each state like a different island presenting a different take on American history. It's Gulliver's Travels, it's any heroic journey, uh, the Odyssey, Pilgrim's Progress, where a hero is tested on a series of allegorical trials on the way to enlightenment. But the then 31-year-old did not put pen to paper right away. And it sounded like a cool idea, but I knew if I tried it then, I would have screwed it up. Um, and I thought maybe if I kept writing more books, I might become a better writer. And if I um, grew up a little bit and became more mature, I might bring that maturity to the material, and I could treat the subject with the uh, respect that it deserved. It took this budding writer more than a decade to sharpen his skills. In the coming years, Colson Whitehead published a couple of books, including The Coming of Age Tale, Sack Harbor, and futuristic zombie thriller Zone One. Each of them drew accolades from critics. It was in 2015 when this already celebrated writer finally acted on the whimsical idea he had 15 years ago by plowing deep into one of the darkest chapters in American history. He named his new novel The Underground Railroad. There are a few histories of how the Underground Railroad actually worked, not as many as you think, uh, but my main source was slave narratives. Ones by Frederick Douglass, Harriet Jacobs, and in the 1930s, during the Great Depression, the U.S. government hired writers to talk to former slaves to capture their oral histories before they died. There are people who had been eight or nine at the time when slavery ended, and uh, people who worked on small plantations, big plantations, they picked tobacco, cotton, uh, represented every, every vector of the slave experience. And um, there were hundreds and hundreds of these stories, and they gave me a vast portrait of plantation life, which I used to create Randall Plantation in my book. Just like the protagonist in his debut novel, The Intuitionist, the hero of Whitehead's latest work is a young woman, a 15-year-old slave who was born and grew up on a plantation. Well, over the years, um, in the back of my head, uh, the main character changed a lot. It was a man looking to save himself, um, a man looking for a spouse who'd been sold off to another plantation, a parent looking for a child. But I never actually explored a mother-daughter dynamic before, and that seemed worthy of exploring. One of the uh, more famous slave narratives that had a big inspiration for me uh, was that of Harriet Jacobs, who wrote the book Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl. She ran away from her master and then spent seven years hiding in an attic before she was able to get passage out of North Carolina. In the early part of her memoir, she talks about how when a slave girl becomes a slave woman, she enters into a more terrible stage of enslavement. She's, she's expected to produce more babies because more babies means more hands to pick more cotton, more slaves, and more money for their master. It's a different kind of hell than the one that uh, faced male slaves, and that seemed worthy of exploring. Opening up the first few pages of the Underground Railroad, we first meet Ajari, who was kidnapped from her village in Africa and was sold as merchandise many times over until she ended up in a cotton plantation in Georgia. There is a brief encounter with her daughter Mabel, and finally we are introduced to the heroine of the book, Cora. A third-generation slave, Cora is forced to fend for herself from the tender age of 10, since her mother Mabel ran away. For every slave on the Randall plantation, life is not Uncle Tom's cabin. 
it's harsh and cruel, but particularly dreadful for the orphaned girl, since she is an outcast even among the slaves. Thoughts of escape never cross her mind until the atrocious violence and inhumanity on the plantation becomes too much to handle. Here is an excerpt from the book read by the author himself. The music stopped. The circle broke. Sometimes a slave will be lost in a brief eddy of liberation, in the sway of a sudden reverie among the furrows, or while untangling the mysteries of an early morning dream. In the middle of a song on a warm Sunday night, then it comes always the overseer's cry, the call to work, the shadow of the master, the reminder that she's only a human being for a tiny moment across the eternity of her servitude. After Cora receives a near-fatal whipping, a punishment she suffers for helping a young boy, she reaches out to Caesar, a recent arrival from the northern state of Virginia. Caesar once told her about the Underground Railroad and persuades her to escape. The two set foot on the road and manage to find a station. Thus, a gripping yet grisly itinerary begins. In this fanciful, mind-bending story, the Underground Railroad is no longer a metaphor for a network of sympathetic parties; rather, it has become a real subterranean transportation system that stretches in darkness with actual locomotives, boxcars, and conductors. However, unlike the modern-day rail system with a fixed timetable, the trains in this novel run at unpredictable times and go to unplanned stops. Therefore, this uncertainty runs through Cora's expedition. In the eyes of Coulson Whitehead, his book is not merely a fact-based historical novel. If I'd stuck to a realistic story, I couldn't have pulled off all the things that make the book more than just the story of one slave's escape. The conversation with different moments in American history, the examination of race and power, that one structural decision early on that day, 17 years ago, makes the book possible,、uh, allowing me to mix and match historical episodes to create narrative friction. The North Carolina section is a good example, proceeding from the story of Harriet Jacobs, who spent seven years in the attic. You think attic, you think Anne Frank, and now the structure allows me to bring in Nazi Germany. And open up a conversation in North Carolina about the oppressions, the oppression of Black Americans in 1850 and Jews in Europe in 1930s and 1940s. All the eugenics ideas of the Nazis, their scientific racism and ideas about blood purity, came from American scientists in the 19th century. So whether it's 19th century America or 20th century Germany,、uh, white supremacists everywhere are reading the same jerks. So by sticking to the truth of things, if not the facts,、uh, the novel becomes more than just a story of one slave's escape. Cora first gets off in South Carolina, then again proceeds to North Carolina, and afterwards Tennessee and Indiana. And in a way, each stop represents a different phase of evil, a different incarnation of the pernicious mechanism of slavery. In the town of South Carolina, a place that seemingly beams with hope, acceptance, and potential in the very beginning, she finds out that the apparently well-intentioned local medical center is in fact a laboratory that carries out some sinister eugenic scheme. 
In North Carolina, the bodies of battered and tortured souls, both black and the white who helped them, dangle from trees as rotting ornaments along the road, and locals name it the Freedom Trail. As Cora's tumultuous journey proceeds, she realizes that although she has moved out of the daily scene of the plantation, like an old ghost, it still haunts her, despite being miles away. During the latter part of her journey, Cora has found herself on a self-sufficient farm in Indiana, a sort of utopia for African Americans. A free black community immune from persecution and oppression, yet that community is not Cora's terminus on her right to freedom. Here is another excerpt from the Underground Railroad, read by the author Coase Whitehead himself. Here's one delusion that we can escape slavery. We can't. Its scars will never fade. When you saw your mother sold off, your father beaten, your sister abused by some boss or other. Did you ever think you'd sit here today without chains, without the yoke, among a new family? Everything you ever knew told you that freedom was a trick. Yet here you are. Still we run, tracking by the good full moon to sanctuary. Combining elements of different genres like science fiction, horror, history, and adventure. The Underground Railroad is surely a nightmare, introducing magnifying lens into the atrocities of slavery. But at the same time, the book also serves as a powerful, grandiose ode to human persistence and kindness. By following Whitehead's calm, sometimes even overly sober prose, we are joining Cora and drawn into the breadth of America. Just as one of the characters in the book, the station's agent Lumpley once said, "If you want to see what this nation is all about, you have to ride the rails, look outside as you speed through, and you will find the true face of America." Once published in 2016, the Underground Railroad soon became a literary blockbuster. Translated into 40 languages, including Chinese, the novel not only won the Pulitzer Prize, the National Book Award, and the Arthur C. Clarke Award for science fiction, but also is long-listed for this year's Man Booker Prize. The overwhelming success of the Underground Railroad elevates its author into one of the most established names in English-speaking literary firmament. But how could a story on pre-Civil War America have such a global influence? The author gives his answer.、Uh, what I have learned is that in many different countries and cultures,、uh, people have either been oppressed or oppressors, and so that power dynamic of being dominated or dominating, of course, is a great dynamic in human history. And so, even though it's about American slavery.、Um, That relationship is obviously、um, goes back a long ways in, in every country. That was our latest review on the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel, *The Underground Railroad*.